To keep something healthy and growing, it takes work, intentionality. Relationships in our lives are no exception. If they're going to be healthy and they're going to keep growing, we're going to have to be intentional with those people. This isn't just a message for married couples. This applies to all of our relationships. Parents and kids, siblings, friends. We can all take a step this week to make those relationships better. Welcome to the New Community Church Podcast. Today we're talking about how to be intentional about healthy relationships. So keep in mind those close relationships in your life and be thinking about how to apply this message. We're speaking together today, here pastors Aaron and Debbie Castellanos. Hey, good morning guys. How are y'all? You guys awake? I got a good crowd here today. Well, if you guys don't know who we are, my name is Aaron Castellanos. I'm Debbie. And I'm the student pastor here at NCC. Yeah, representing the best youth group in all of America and all of the world. We're going international. All right. So uh, a little bit about us. We're celebrating our 13th year married this year. So I know we look like we got married at nine. Debbie's 36 and I'm 19, so... I did not I'm give kidding. her permission. This I'm week. joking. She's 36. I'll be 36 this year too. So I did marry a cougar though. For the record, um, we did not plan our outfits today, okay? I know we've already had a comment, and I'm very adamant about saying that I chose my clothes last night. Okay? Well, so he, he copied me. Who bought you the clothes though? Oh. I do dress her. <laughs> That's not like a one up or anything. I love dressing her and buying her and clothes. I hate shopping. And so, like, I enjoy it. I'll leave one day, and then I'll just come back with bags of clothes. I'm like, look at all these cool outfits I bought you. And so, I love it. Yeah. So, we've got four, four amazing, beautiful kids, and uh, they're upstairs and downstairs. And, um, and we're so honored and proud to be a part of this church. Uh, for years, I prayed that I would be a part of this ministry team, and so to be able to be partnered up with Aaron and, and Alita and Caleb and Genesis and Sarah and my wife, I mean, it's just one of the best feelings. I love you guys. I love this city. We just bought a house, and people were trying to get us to move out of Mesquite, and we're like, we're not going anywhere. We love the city of Mesquite. Represent, right? So we've been going through a series called He Said, She Said, and the whole series is based on relationships. And didn't Pastor Aaron and Sarah do a great job talking about conflict last week? They did. Well, today we're going to talk about how to maintain healthy relationships, which I believe is a very, very important topic, and it's something that we need to look at. And what does the Bible say about that? Um, Now, in our life, we're not big pet people. Uh, We've actually only had two pets in our whole life, having kids and everything. And our very first pet was a hamster named Jerry. I didn't pick the name. Our girls did, okay? And so they they picked the name Jerry, and it just sounded like we had another adult man living there. He's like, has Jerry ate today? And it's like, that feels so weird. But anyways, so we had Jerry probably like less than a year maybe. Babe, it was a month. We had Jerry for a month. And what ended up happening is one day, Debbie comes over to me. She's like, Jerry's not moving. Like, he's not looking good. And I was like, okay. I go over there, and I think I poked him or something, and he wasn't moving. And we realized that, that Jerry had died. And so I made this image in, in honor of Jerry. We know we're going to see him at the crossroads one day and won't be lonely, right? Some of y'all will get that reference. But anyways, Jerry ended up dying, and I think that example right there solidified something for all of us in our family, is that in order for things to be healthy, it takes work. 
And a lot of times in our lives, we don't understand that, that the reason why friendships sometimes are dying or marriages are dying is we don't understand how much work it takes. We're going on 13 years, and all the time we, we, we realize that, that healthy is not our default mode, right? Uh, working out and, and staying healthy, that takes work, right? Exercising and eating, that takes work, right? If you want to keep a plant alive, unless you get one of those, like, ones that are fake or whatever, that takes work. And so we're realizing as we talk through this series that healthy things take work. And to be clear, we're talking about all relationships today, okay? So not just romantic relationships, not not just a marriage, but think about all the relationships you have in your life, which are probably a ton, like with your parents, I mean, yes, your spouse and your children, um, but you, your kids' teachers, your kids' coaches, uh, we have acquaintance relationships, we have so many relationships. And so when we think about what we're going to discuss today, I want you to think about all the different ones that you carry. Absolutely, absolutely. And I encourage you guys to take notes because we say at NYC that note takers are what? That's right. So we do have note cards in front of your chair if you can grab that or your phone or whatever. So what makes a relationship healthy? Let me give you a few things. Healthy things grow. So in order for a relationship to be healthy, it has to be growing. It cannot look the same as it did 13 years ago. There should be growth happening. Healthy things get better and they don't stay stagnant right? Another thing about healthy relationships is there's open communication. Yesterday, I just laid on her lap, and I'm not a very, very, like, affectionate guy. That's not my love language, right? But I was just like, I just need affection right now. And she was like, come here, baby. And I'm like, stop. That's why I don't tell you these things, right? But there has to be open communication. In healthy relationships, there's some conflict as well. It's not all, hey, I worry when people tell me that They've never had arguments because I'm like, man, that means that there's probably a lot of things that you're holding in that are not coming out. And eventually it comes out in unhealthy ways. So there needs to be some conflict. There's safety. And then there's also respect, mutual respect for each other. So a big part of healthy relationships, and it's something that we're going to spend a lot of time in today, is talking about boundaries. So what is a boundary? So a boundary is a line that marks the limits of an area. So you're probably familiar with boundaries. You have physical boundaries in your life, right? Um, Your apartment, your house, you've got property lines. You have a fence, right? It determines what is your part and what belongs to the city or what belongs to your neighbor. Your county, your city, there's county lines, right? There's um, invisible boundaries, uh, your personal space, right? Like you have your own personal bubble. Texans tend to have a larger personal bubble than like New York's. New Yorkers? New New Yorkers. Yorkers. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a line that that just separates, that marks the difference between one space and the other. Um, Dr. Henry Cloud, the the author of the Boundary series, he made it very simple, and it just sticks out in my mind, that we are responsible for managing um, those boundaries and relationships, right? Right. Um, So boundaries and relationships, they help, they're important because they help you to decide how you're going to disperse your energy across all these relationships, how are you going to disperse your time? Um, it's important because the, the boundaries help you to protect the relationships that are most vulnerable for you, right? The ones that God was going to hold you accountable for. Yeah. And so naturally, if, you're, if you are married, if you have children, those are going to be the most vulnerable. Those are the ones you're held accountable to. And so you've got to decide how you're going to do that. Boundaries and relationships help you also to focus on building the ones that you want to build, on deciding which ones are going to carry more weight. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And so what does it look like when you don't have boundaries in your relationships? Well, I think that our lives are filled with unnecessary yeses. 
That's a big struggle of mine is sometimes I want to say yes to everybody because I, let, I hate letting people down. But the problem is that when we're filled with unnecessary yeses, it impacts our effectiveness in the areas that God has called us to. Right? We're being pulled in areas that God's like, I never meant for you to be here, but you won't say no to that person or you won't say no to that thing. And so therefore, the people that are waiting for you to step in are missing out because you're not saying yes to the right thing. So unnecessary yeses. We're also limited in our effectiveness in the years that matter. And then one of the big things that we've been talking about here in the church for the last year or two, really been focusing on and we've been applying is when you don't have boundaries, you don't have rest. There's not a Sabbath rest. Can I tell you something? God didn't practice rest because he was tired. He practiced rest to give us a model. And it's interesting that we'll follow all the Ten Commandments, but when it comes to that one about rest, it's like, uh, that one I'm not going to follow. God practiced rest to show us that we were not meant to keep going and that there needed to be boundaries. When we, uh, when we first got married, we were a part of a church in Oak Cliff. Shout out Oak Cliff, right? That's my hood. And so we were part of Oak Cliff, a, a church over there. It was an all-Spanish church, and, and we were in youth ministry. And at the time, our church decided to, to merge with the bigger church here in Mesquite. And so as we came from a smaller church to a bigger church, we were caught up with, man, we want to learn what they're doing, right? It's a bigger church. They're doing all these great things. They've got all these great ministries. And what ended up happening with our lives is our schedule got full of everything. I mean, we were serving our youth ministry from the church we were at. Then we started serving in their youth ministry. And then we started serving in their young adult ministry. And then we were a part of a Sunday service. And then we were part of leadership meetings. And before we know it, we started to notice that our marriage was being affected. All good things, but it weren't all things that God had called us to. And so I remember the time that we stepped back and we're like, we can't keep going like this. And when we stepped back and we started spending time with each other, we had more time on our hands. And that's when Debbie got pregnant with our first child. So good stuff happens when you set boundaries, guys. Boundaries equal growth. That's what it is. They do. All right. So um, Good growth. So why set boundaries? Um, it's important to set boundaries in your relationships because... We are not infinite, okay? So we're human beings that have limitations. Um, and if we want to keep our relationships healthy, we need to recognize that not all the relationships in your life carry the same weight. And I think that you know that, right? Like, we know that the relationship you have with your parents or with your kids is not the same as the person that you say hi to every now and then at church, right? Um, we know this, but the question is, how are we reflecting that in the way that we distribute that weight, right? Right? And so I wanted to use, um, to share with you guys an illustration that can be served as a guide to kind of figure out how you distribute that weight. And I know that amongst us here, we may have people who maybe are on the other spectrum who don't have a lot of deep relationships, who don't have a lot of relationships in general. But this does help you kind of serve as a guide um, to figure out how to distribute that. So um, the illustration is, is of concentric circles. And if you, um, if you see it up here, the center is your most... Uh, vulnerable relationships, the ones that you're held accountable to. So um, that may be, you know, your spouse, your kids. If you're a teenager, that may be your parents, your siblings. Um, and so it's who you put in the middle are the people who basically you want to aim to disappoint as rarely as possible. Does that make sense? And so I, I'm going to be super vulnerable, and I'm going to share with you guys what my circles look like. So if y'all could put that up there. I was really worried that somebody would get their feelings hurt. And not that I'm that special, but I'm like, I just don't want anybody to feel like I'm, I'm, they're not important to me. But so for me, um, 
Jesus, Aaron, and my four kids are This in Aaron, the not that Aaron. This I want to make sure. He made that joke earlier. He was like, I made it oh, to the middle. I didn't get that when you said that. Um, Let's make that yeah. clear. And when I first did this a while back, I had put, I had stuffed that center because I said, well, no, my, my mom and dad are important. Like, his parents are important. I had my siblings. I've got three siblings. One of them is married. He's got two siblings. They're married, and they have kids. They were all in the middle because I'm like, they're all important to me. Uh, but the more that I processed through that and prayed through, okay, the tough times when you really have to decide who, where am I spending time with, it really does have to be just my Lord, my husband, and my kids. Um, and then after that, it's our both sets of parents, our siblings and their families. Um, and I, put, I, I work here at the church, and so my NCC coworkers made it to the next circle because <laughs> I love them. You know, I know not everybody has coworkers that they consider friends, but... I do. Um, and then after that, I put my best friends and my closest, uh, my closest family. Now, I'm your stereotypical Hispanic family. I've got, I don't know, like 500 aunts and uncles, and they each had like 1,000 kids who are my first cousins, and all of us had another 1,000 kids, and some of them even have kids. So. And they all ride in one station wagon <laughs> wherever they go. I'm kidding. I'm joking. Most of them, at least part of my family lives here in DFW, so there's constant, you know, we're hanging out, we're doing this birthday party all the time, and so, but I know which are the cousins that I consider to be my closest ones, and those are the ones that I, why I put it there. So, of course, you can keep going and going, but do you see how, like, trying to determine, you know, who's in the center and who goes from there can help you when you have to make hard decisions? And now, I do want to point something out. What these circles are not, they are not um, circles of walls, okay? So they are not meant, walls are meant to be protective, right? They keep something out and they keep other things in. So these are not meant to be walls that are impenetrable. They're meant to be fluid, okay? Um, these circles aren't meant to justify isolation either because some of us could take it the other way and be like, well, I'm just going to stick with my, you know, center people and that's it. Like, I'm, I don't have, I'm not responsible for anybody else, any other relationship. These circles also are not an excuse for um, not following the great commission that Jesus gave us, okay? So again, the, this is just a guide to kind of help you when you do have to make tough decisions as to like, is it my marriage right now, or is it so-and-so out there who's calling me? Um, <clears throat> it's also for, <clears throat> for when, just to kind of help you determine where your relationships are at, like the health of all your relationships, right? So going back, I skipped this. Going back to the Great Commission is, for those who may not know, that's when Jesus told us to go and make disciples of all the nations. And he didn't say, go and make disciples of your inner circle, right? He said of all nations. So, yeah, that, that does mean that you focus on certain relationships more than others, and some carry more weight. But that also means that you are maybe coming to group link and getting to know people and deepening some relationships. That does mean that you still talk to Jesus, talk about Jesus to people that you meet, okay? So I just wanted to clarify because I know some of us can go the complete other end and be like, well, that just means that I'm staying with my little people. Yeah. And so just to continue, you know, anytime that things get foggy when it comes – you know, to relationships or what model should we follow? Obviously, the best model we can follow is how Jesus lived while he was here on this earth. And so you see how in the Bible when you read how Jesus focused most of his time with the 12 disciples, but from time to time he would choose to spend intentional time with certain individuals. And not only that, but he takes it even deeper. He would retreat often to be with his father alone, even though there were so many demands 
that were coming at him, right? And you read one of those stories um, prior to this, this verse that I'm about to read. Jesus has just performed one of the greatest miracles that was recorded in the Bible, and that's feeding the 5,000, right? And so you think about the demand that he probably had in that moment where people just wanted to talk to him. He just performed a great miracle. All of a sudden, you know, not that he wasn't popular, but he went from here to there, and everybody's just trying to be around him to think, okay, you just fed 5,000. I wonder if you can meet my need. I wonder if you can speak to my situation. But then you read in Matthew 14, through 23, and this is what it says in the New Living Translation. It says, immediately after this, meaning after the 5,000 that he had fed through a miracle, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back in the boat and cross over to the other side of the lake. In other words, he's sending people off. And while he sent the people home, all the people that were there witnessing that miracle, after sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray, and night fell while he was there alone. So you can see that knowing what Jesus was called to do gave him clarity on what boundaries to set. So many different times we have demands and we're being weighed down by everything that people are bringing to us. We feel responsible to respond to every text, to every call that is coming in. And some of you are drained and you're being weighed down by people that say, if you don't respond exactly when I need you, then I'm going to lose it. That's not what he called us to do. I'm not God. I'm not Jesus. And I have to understand that people need to connect with him first before they make me that priority, right? And so boundaries look different in different relationships, right? Yeah. So, I mean, so we know that we, we need to set boundaries to have, to set a, a health standard throughout our relationship. So just some examples of what that might look like. Um, for us in, in our marriage, making sure that our marriage carries uh, we, we're, we're giving it the weight that it deserves. I mean, we have four kids. It's not as much as the Escas, but it's four still. <laughs> and there's a lot of, of, of things that happen in the evening right before going to bed. I mean, there's a lot of cleaning up, and it, it's just, it can be a lot. Yeah. And so this may seem really practical, but our kids have a bedtime. Even in the summer, and I, I, I was, I'm afraid that I'm like being that mom, but in the summer, we still have bedtimes. They're a little looser a little later, but we still have bedtimes because him and I have to spend time together too. Yeah. Even if it's just sitting down watching a movie, like we have to be able to spend time together without being interrupted. Even though they're important, they get our time, but there is a time when you guys go to bed and we focus on each other, right? So that that's one example how we do that in marriage. Right. And then with friendships, the term friend these days is thrown around a lot. And I talked to this about this in our, our youth ministry. But, uh, you know, we say, well, I've got 10,000 friends, which all mean people that follow me on Facebook, right? That, that term doesn't carry the weight that it used to, right? But, but when we really define friends, we'll really find out that there's only a few people that we would consider to be friends in our lives. And in my life personally, there's a few people that I focus on giving consistent time to. Again, I may give some of my time to people here and there, but consistently, these are the people that I'm going to call back when they call me. These are the people that I'm going to make sure I reach out to because to me, that's a friend, that's an important person in my life, and I want to make sure that I continue to cultivate that friendship so that it can continue to grow. Yeah, and to add to that, um, I think it's important to note that our friendships change over seasons too, right? Um, like if we got married probably earlier than a lot of our friends did, we started having children a lot earlier than some of our friends did. And so our season of life was very different than a lot of my friends. Like, And today, I probably only still text with probably two or three of my high school friends. 
So it changes, you know, there, it, things change and your friendships change. So therefore, your boundaries change too, okay? The, the weight that you give to those friendships too. The intensity of a friendship changes. Yeah, absolutely. So I think the main thing we want to drive here is don't feel the pressure to be everything to everybody at every moment. It's understand the season that you're in and understand who has God called me to right now. That's probably one of the best things that we can learn is self-awareness is what season am I in and what has God called me to? Who has God called me to in this season of our lives? And so we've covered some really, really good stuff, but we want to give you guys some practical tips to take away with you. Um, and so the first thing that we would recommend is take inventory of the relationships in your life. Would you say that the people that you're surrounding yourself with or by are healthy? Are they helping you grow? Right? We took it out of here, but, but we were going to use the, the verse in, in Proverbs, and I think you guys hinted at it last week, where it talked about ironing, sharpen, sharpening, ironing. If sharpening is not happening in my life, then I have to ask myself, am I around iron or am I around something else, right? So take inventory of the relationships in your life. Would you say they're healthy? And some of you, you're saying, man, every relationship that I have around me right now are not people who want to grow in their walk with the Lord, are not people that are healthy for me right now. And I want to be very clear, just because we're Christians doesn't mean we distance ourselves from people that are not Christians, right? But I remember there were periods in my life where I had to separate myself from certain people because I knew I wasn't strong enough to be around them. I knew that if I was around them, I was going to go back to my ratchet ways, and God was trying to set me free from my ratchet ways, right? And so if you're thinking, I don't have healthy relationships in my life, we're going to give another plug to this group link. Guys, this is more than just saying we want to put a bunch of people in this place. This is about you growing in your relationship with God. It is impossible to grow and to move forward if you're not around people that can strengthen you, that can pour into you, that can hold you accountable, that can know what's going on. Life is hard as it is. And most people, when we're going through a hard time, if they don't have the right mind frame or they don't have the, the right things to guide you by, they'll lead you in the wrong direction. You're going through a difficult time in your marriage, and some people will say, well, I think you need to find someone else. But the Bible says you need to fight, and we need to be around people like that, right? You're going through a difficult moment, whether it's struggling with addiction or just something in your life. You need people to remind you of who you are when you've forgotten and you don't remember who you are anymore. And that's what Group Link is about. Um, and then the next thing you were going to mention. Yeah, and the, the next thing I want to leave you guys with is to ask yourself how you're prioritizing your relationships. How are you dispersing that weight? Um, starting with who's at the center, right? And then um, and the, the relationships that you're held accountable for. And, and taking kind of um, an evaluation of where the health of your relationships are today. Absolutely. So I want to pray with you guys if everybody can just bow your heads and and close your eyes, and uh, we, we, we're talking about relationships, but the most important relationship that you can ever have is a relationship with Jesus. That relationship right there will affect every other relationship, whether it be your marriage, your friendships, whatever it is. When you're guided and he becomes Lord, he changes your mind frame, which then changes the way you act and what you do. And so the Bible says that we have all fallen short of the glory of God. Don't let the fact that we're in church on a Sunday morning fool you to think that none of us, that any of us are perfect. We've all messed it up. And because God is a righteous and a holy God, meaning with no sin, completely perfect, he couldn't make a connection with us who are sinful and have failed. 
And this is the beauty of the, the gospel. This is the beauty of salvation is God sent his one and only son to step in and say, you know what? While sin has disconnected you from a righteous and a holy God, I'm going to step in to reconnect that relationship. And I love what the Bible says. It says that if you believe in your heart and you confess in your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that that is how you receive salvation. So I want to give you that opportunity this morning. If you're saying, you know what? I saw that Jesus is the center of y'all's circle, but he's not right now. I've never made him my Lord. I want to give you that opportunity. And if that's you with no one looking around, I just want you to just slip your hand really quick. Just slip it up. Amen. I see one. Anybody else in this place? Amen. I see two. Great. Anybody else? All right. Awesome. If everybody can just repeat this prayer after me, especially those of you that have raised your hand, just say, Jesus. I give you my life today. I believe that you died on the cross for me. And I believe that you were raised after the third day. Become the Lord of my life. Become my Savior. I want to live for you. Change me. And help me, God, to look more like you. In Jesus' name, amen. And we have one more prayer. Y'all don't mind. Let's. I'd love to just pray a, a blessing over us as we go about the rest of our week, and we encounter all those relationships, and we make decisions, and we take inventory. So, Father, we love you. We love being in your presence. We love being in your house. We love being with your people, and we just thank you for this series that challenges us to look inside and to look around us and. Father, I pray for those of us who have hard decisions to make and who who take a look at who are taking a look at our relationships and knowing something's not healthy, something needs to change. I pray, God, that you would empower us with your strength to be able to make the decisions that we need to make and to be able to dig deep into those relationships that you have given us, the ones that we are being held accountable for, Father. We thank you, Father, for giving us wisdom. I know that that comes from you. you. You told us that if we need wisdom to ask you for it. So we're asking you for wisdom here today, Father. We're asking you to open our eyes and see who around us um, you have put in front of us for a reason. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Take inventory this week of the relationships in your life. Are they healthy? And if so, how can you continue to grow in them? If they're not, what are some steps you can take this week to start building healthy relationships? Here at NCC, we are all about making people and places new, and we want to know how we can help you grow in your faith. Connect with us online at newcommunity.co. We would love to hear from you.